Bibles this morning turn to Genesis chapter 22. 
Genesis chapter 22, and I'll catch up with y'all in just a second. James said in James chapter 1, he said something very strange. He said, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations. Knowing this, the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God that giveth to all men liberally and braideth not, and it shall be given to him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. You know, as I read those verses, it reminded me so many times that, you know, we go through life a lot of times and, Ever wonder why? Why is this happening? Why did this happen? How did this happen? But you ever notice when you look back, it, it, it's like you can see how things that you went through in your life shaped you, made you who you are today. And, you know, sometimes it, it's like it, it, you can look back and say, man, what? That put me in this crisis of faith where I had a hard time believing. And maybe you look back and you see, you ever look back at your life and you saw where you got mad at God? and said, you know, you shook your little fist at him and said, why? Why did I have to go through that? And then you look and you say, well, I see why now. Because it brought, you brought me through that and it helped me to become who I am. You know, there's times when I've been through things in my life. And, and I know all of us can say this, when your heart's broken and in your despair, you, 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 you start to look up and you do like the psalmist said in Psalms 121 verse 2 where he says, My help cometh from the Lord which made the heavens and the earth. And you look and you say, that's how I know my faith grew during that horrible time. All of us go through things. There's, it's just a fact of life. And there's not really much we can do. And what I want us to do this morning, I want us to look at our text in, in Genesis chapter 22 as as as... Abraham is going through something which has got to test his faith. You know, it, he, he, it, it was a large test, and, and I, I don't know how I would have handled it. You know, God made promises to him and, and everything, and, and here he finally has been given a son. And in Genesis chapter 22, it starts off, it says, And it came to pass after these things... That God did tempt Abraham and said unto Abraham, and he said, Behold, I am here. He said, Now take thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee to the land of Morah, and offer him there for a burnt offering unto the, one of the mountains which I will tell of thee. Now you imagine what's going through his mind. God, you finally have given me this son that you've promised. You said you were going to bless me. And I have one child. And now you're saying take and sacrifice him. And I'm sure he's like, I don't, I don't understand this. I don't get it. Because, I mean, he says, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. What a test. Sometimes we look and say, God, why the test? But I want you to think about Abraham. He was, as the Bible called him, the friend of God. He had great faith. 
But sometimes in his test, he wavered, just like the rest of them. You think, he tells them to start off when we first enter Abram, I want you to leave your family, leave your, your place and go to the land where I tell you to. Well, he goes, but he takes some of his family with him. And he gets to this land and God said, this is the land I'm going to give you. Well, a famine comes. Instead of trusting in God to provide in this land that he's given, he runs to Egypt. Where he gets down there and because his wife is so beautiful, he says, lie, says, lie and tell him, you're my sister. He says to him, I'm going to give you a child and he listens to Sarah and ends up committing adultery and having a child. See, a lot of times when Abram's faced with a faith test, he failed. And there's a lot of times in our life, I guarantee you, if we look back, God's, we've gone through a test or we've gone through something that should have strengthened us and we failed. We're just like him. You know, and I, I thought about that. I said, God, so many times I see you use people and, and show us that you don't have to be perfect. You just got to be obedient. You don't have to be perfect. Because God knows you're going to make a mistake. Every one of us do. But but <coughs> listen to the what he did. He, 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 he finally, he said, take your son. Now, Abraham didn't didn't debate with them. He didn't say, but God, this is my only son. You said you were going to make a great nation of me. Look what he did. He says, that, and Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled his ass and took his two young men with him and Isaac, his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, rose up and went into the place which God had told him. We look here, we see a man really preparing because, you know, we've, let me tell you a secret. They tell you if you're depressed, don't be alone. So he's already taking care of a problem. He's taking Isaac and he's taking two other young men because he probably knows when I get done with this, I'm not going to be joyful. I'm going to need somebody to help me. So they go and it says, and, and on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. You ever thought about this? Sometimes when we're in the midst of a heartache, in the midst of a problem, it seems to go on forever. Could you imagine those three days going through the desert, going with his son? Daddy, where are we going? We're going to go worship. Well, okay. Isaac been around Abraham a lot. So had these young men, there was one thing missing, the sacrifice. Probably didn't think nothing about it. Could you imagine what's going on in Abraham's mind? My only son. My only, why, God, why? But I will do it. It says, and Abraham said unto the young men, abide here with the ass and I will let the lad go up yonder and worship and will come again unto you. Abraham took the wood and the, of the burnt offering. He laid it upon Isaac, his son. He took the fire in his hand and a knife. And they both went together. Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my, my son. He said, Behold the fire, the wood, 
But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And there they came to the place that God had told of him. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order. He bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And I, Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to stay, lay his son. And the angel of the Lord called out to him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thy anything unto him. For now I know thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and behold him, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said unto this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. So if we look here, we can learn a lot of lessons about how to handle problems and test of your faith. You know, if you're like me, a lot of times when, when my faith is tested, it's hard. There's times I, I break down, I don't know what to do. But first, we need to be like, Abraham, and listen to the Lord. See, a lot of us, our problem, if you're like me, we listen, but it's kind of like when Julie tells me something, a lot of times what I hear is, and I go, okay, I got that. And so we treat God the same way. We halfway listen or we halfway respond. God says, I want you to pray. Well, I'll pray, but are we praying in earnest? I mean, are we sincerely on our knees praying for a situation? When somebody says, hey, will you pray for me? I'm sick or hey, I'm going through something. Do we pray or do we say, yeah, hey, I got you. Lord, help them. And that's the last we do of it. See, a lot of times we're halfway doing that. Listen what Proverbs tells us. In Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, it says, My son, if thou art receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thy ear unto wisdom and imply thy heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge and lifted up thy voice for understanding, if thou seek her as silver and search for her as a hidden treasure, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge of God. Let me put it to you simply. He said, if you're trying to listen, if you're going to, if you would search after God as we search after stuff and things, you ever think about this? When football season's here, people will go fanatic. I've seen fights. My team's better than your team. Well, one, you're not the coach. You're not out on the field. It doesn't matter. But we get all upset. Then we come to church and every once in a while it's, Amen. Well, we treat God like he's nothing. I mean, we see 
Miracle after miracle. We hear praise reports. We see great things that God's done. We don't get excited about it. When's the last time you woke up on Sunday morning going, Whoa, I'm going to church today. I'm going to worship. The people on the pew with me are going to get scared because I'm going to raise my hand shout amen every once in a while. Yeah. I mean, some of us, we walk in here, it's like, Oh, it hurts just to get in here. And we sit down like it's killing us. But then you go to Walmart like, Woohoo! And we're fine. I mean, we don't give God ways less. We don't but halfway listen to the Lord. You know, he says, when you get it, you can fear the Lord. Let me tell you what fear is. Fear of the Lord can be defined as this. The continual awareness that our loving Heavenly Father is watching and evaluating everything we think, say, and do. You ever thought about that? Do you fear the Lord enough to say, Lord, whew, I know what thoughts are going on in my mind. I know what I've been saying. You see, God can see you. He knows everything about you. If we would just search after Him. No, the psalmist said in Psalms 139, he said this, he says, Oh Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsettings, mine uprisings. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou compassest my path, my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. See, God knows everything. It's like he told the, the, the churches in Revelation, I know your works. You know, when you know somebody's works, you know what they're doing. You know, in order to develop the fear, we need to listen to God. We've got to kind of glimpse at who he is. We need to look at him with our hearts and, 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 with our, and see the power and the mighty and the beauty and the understanding he has. But we treat him like he's nothing. We need to be obedient as Abraham was, no matter how weird it seemed. Could you, I mean, you think about this. Abraham, I want you to offer your son to me as a burnt offering. He's basically, I want you to take your son, you're going to tie him up, and you're going to kill him for me. But you know, Abraham was listening with all of his heart and all of his mind and all of his soul. And he said, yes, Lord. He understood what Isaiah said in Isaiah 55, verse 8 through 11 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord's. For as high as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways, my thoughts than your thoughts. God said, we don't think alike, y'all. Don't worry about it. I've got this. And Abraham said, Lord, you want me to do this? Come on, we're going to go. We're going to do it because I know God's going to take care of it. Lord made a promise to me, and if this isn't the child the promise is going to be, he's still going to fulfill his promise. You know, the Bible tells if we're obedient, it's like this. Jesus said in John 14, 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. 
Now, we know God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God loved us, yes, but do we love him to be obedient? How many of us praise him in the good times? What's well, fun, isn't it? When things are right, what well, we can do like the psalmist said in Psalm 100, you know, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. You come to church, you're happy, you're smiling. Everything's right, everything's good. That's the easy time to praise God. But what about the bad times? You, you ever took time to read the book of Job? Let me share just the part in the first chapter. It says, there was a day when the sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the asses beside them. And the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped to tell thee. And while he was yet speaking, there also came another and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. I am only escaped to tell thee. And yet while he was speaking, there also came another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away. Yea, have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I am only alone to tell thee. And while he was yet speaking, there also came another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness, and it smote the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young men, and they are dead. And I am only escaped alone to tell thee. Well, you won't talk about having problems, amen? Here's a man who everything he had has just fell apart. Everything he loved just about is now gone. It says, and then Job went, he rent his mantle, shaved his head, fell down on the ground, and whined like a little Baptist. No, it says, and he worshipped. He worshipped. Could you imagine that? He worshipped. And he said, naked I came out of my mother's womb, naked shall... I returned thither, the Lord gave, and the Lord had taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, when I read that, I'm like, wow. When my little problems come up, I, I whine, I cry, I pout. And yet God says, be obedient. Praise me. Yeah, you know, I think one of the best things to realize out of this story, when you're going through problems, you're going through temptations, is the fact that God still blesses you. I mean, look at verse 12 of chapter 22 in Genesis. And he calls him Jehovah Jireh. That means the Lord will provide. You know, and you think about what he provides. He gives us so many blessings. The biggest blessing he's given us is salvation. Because without it, what would we be? You know, salvation, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, that the world through him might be saved. Those are the most wonderful verses in the Bible. 
that promise that God said, I'm sending my son to fix it. I'm not coming to condemn you. I'm not coming to look at you and say, you're horrible. You, you don't deserve it, which we don't. He said, but I'm sending something to give it to you. I sent my son. Why? Because he knew this. Paul said in Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and come short the glory of God. You know, sin has its consequences for the wages of sin is death. And God said, but I'm going to provide a way for you. Thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in thine heart. God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Amen. What a wonderful gift. Because what we're saved from is something that's so many are headed to, but God's given us a way out. All you got to do is believe. If I was to ask, hey, when you got saved, Jimmy, could you tell me the prayer you prayed? Probably not. You know, none of us probably can remember. But it came from the heart. When you pray something like, Lord, you know I'm a sinner. I know I need you coming to my heart and save me. I know you died on the cross for me. Make me a new creature. Amen. It's a simple prayer. You don't have to have these certain words. or It's when it comes from the heart that you know that you're a sinner, that Christ died on the cross for you, rose again on the third day, and gave us salvation. What a blessing. Because it's a life-changing experience. You know, I, I thought about this. He, he gives us salvation and he, he gives us forgiveness too. And there's some of us, we've been saved, but we forget about forgiveness. When everything's falling apart, you're in the middle of a crisis of faith. We forget where, where John said this in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. But he didn't stop there and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, God, God knows that you make mistakes. And he knows that we go through hard times. But he says, all you got to do is pray. You, you, you ever thought about the sins we commit that keep us away from God? Bring your burdens to me. I'm going to hold on to them myself. Love one another. I can't stand that person. Forgive one another. I'll die before I do. I can't go back to church because you don't know the things I've done. Well, he does. And he forgives. And that's why I think he, he gave us that verse in Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and forgive them their sins and will hear their, heal their land. Some of us are in a crisis of faith, saying, why God? Because we won't humble ourselves before him. 
He told us in Proverbs 28, 13, he that covers his sins shall not prosper. But who confesses and forsake them shall have mercy. You know what that means? I'm not as bad as so-and-so. I'm not this horrible person. I don't need to go to the altar. I'm okay. Well, you're covering sins. And we wonder why we're not getting blessed. Jehovah Jireh says, I'll comfort you. I'll forgive you. I'll save you. Second Chronicles 1, verses 3 and 4 says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. Listen to this verse. Who comfort us in all our tribulations, and he says why, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any comfort, comfort, trouble, excuse me, by the comfort wherein we ourselves are comforted of God. You bring your problems to God, God gives you something to help you make through it. Why? So that when somebody else is going through it, you can be there with them. Abraham took Isaac to that mountain. We don't really, under, there, there's different things to say that Isaac just didn't know or remember. But could you imagine for the rest of his life, my dad was being obedient to God. I didn't understand why. God told him to sacrifice me. But instead, something else took my place. A lamb took my place. Your sins say sacrifice. He's worthy to death. And Jesus said, I'll take his place. When you're going through problems, God said, I'll comfort you. I'll be there with you. What a blessing he gives us. When you hurt, you comfort comfort. Comfort is a blessing because we can share it with others. Paul said this in Romans 12, 15. He says, rejoice with them that do rejoice. Weep with them that do weep. You know, when, you, when you're hurting and, boy, there's been times you get hurt and you need it. But isn't it awesome when you find out people are lifting you up in prayer? When you can reach out to people you don't even know when they, they send you messages and says, I'm praying for you. I'm lifting you up right now. That's comfort. You want to know the best blessing that we get from Jehovah Jireh, the God who does provide? And that's life itself. As Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and destroy. I am come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. The Greek word for abundance there is parisio. And it, it has a mathematical meaning. It, it means a surplus. You know, abundant life is going above and beyond. <coughs> 
It's based upon the fact that God can handle any problem you have. He's able to supply our needs from his riches and glory. And what most of us need is to feel loved. You know what an abundant life is? It's not having an abundance of stuff. That's abundant debt. Abundant life is enjoying what God has given you. You know, I said we had had fellowship and over a year. I began to wonder if y'all going to go back to your seats. <laughs> Abundant life. You think he's brought us through a pandemic. He's brought us through so many things. Some of you have gone through the valley of the shadow of death. <clears throat> but he was there. Amen. He brought you through it. Some of us, the things just be overwhelming. You say, I'm ready to give up, God. And he says, I'm right here. You feel his strength. You feel his comfort. It's what gets you up in the morning. It's what helps you make it every day. When your world crashed down and he was still there, that small, quiet voice whispering, I love you. That's an abundant life. You can still say, Lord, thank you. I got up this morning. I know things aren't going to be well, but I know you're here. That's an abundant life. If somebody who has an abundant life, it's not always a long life. It's not always an easy life. But it's a life of satisfaction and contentment in Jesus Christ. When you have that abundant life, you've got stamina to make it tomorrow and today. You've got the ability to still do things. See, God gives us an abundant life and he gives us the blessings we need. And our abundant life honors God. Because they're a credit to him. When you're tested. And your faith is put on a test. And you don't understand why. What do you do? You remember Jehovah Jireh. God will provide. No matter what you're going through. He will provide. Every head bowed. Every eye closed.